Ladies and gentlemen, this is your captain speaking, Hopsy Bibba Baby Boy. Thank you so much for choosing Project Airlines. Um, we have a beautiful day for flying today with a high of 75 and clear skies before us. We'll be cruising at an altitude of 44,000 feet today. Folks, this is 2022. Um, if you have any questions and you're not a toddler, um, keep them to yourself, please, okay? If you don't know what to do at any point, just um, look at those around you and follow suit Please, I cannot reiterate that enough. Just follow suit with the collected norm. Thank you very much. Just going through my dossier here. I'm uh, going through some maps. I like to do things the old school way here. So uh, we're going to get the going here any minute. Should be out in the tarmac um, on time. And uh, we should not be missing any of your connecting flights. So again, thank you so much for choosing our airline. And I'll talk to you very, very soon. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the program. This is going to be a big one, I can guarantee you that. The first episode of 2022, can you believe it? I have a mighty strong feeling this is going to be the biggest year for the podcast yet. Um, I'm not sure why there was a little bit of acoustic guitar there. I thought it'd be funny to talk like an airline guy. For some reason, I wanted to do that, and I didn't want to just go from airline guy talking to me saying welcome to the program because I thought that that was just lazy and if there's one thing I am as a broadcaster it's not lazy as you all know um and I thought that I mean I think that could be like a potential remix to maybe like a intro song you know what I mean like the blitzkrieg bop the little it's Hopsy on the project. You're such a fucking cool guy. With the microphone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Could be some production value there. Um, there's also a chance that there won't be. But uh, who's to say? Folks, episode number 53. Monumentous, as, as most of them are. But this one, you know, there's something a little bit different about it. Number 53. Before we get to anything, we have to get to our statistics. That's what we do in the show. We cover the numbers. Number 53. When you're thinking of the NHL, maybe you're thinking of Jeff Skinner because that's basically the only option. I believe there really is. Jeff Skinner has stepped up and taken the best spot, the best player to wear number 53. He was a solid offensive contributor in Carolina, but hit a stride in his first season in Buffalo. He scored 40 goals for the first time in his career and earned himself a hefty contract extension with the Sabres. Hefty, I'd fucking say so. Hefty, I would say so. The guy makes $9 million. Last year, I don't know what point of the season it was, he had like zero goals. Last year, in 53 games, he had seven goals and seven assists. $9 million forward. This year, in 31 games, he has 10 goals and 8 assists. Better, but not great. Not a $9 million player. Who's his agent, is what I want to know. So he came into Buffalo 2018-2019. He rips 40 goals. Gets a nice little contract extension. A lot of people are signing for big money around that time, but my fuck did he ever get paid. Jeff Skinner. You know what? This makes me feel old because he came into the league at that time when I was like... 15 you know 14 15 and at that age like hockey's your life right like that's all you care about all you pay attention to or I certainly did at my age I didn't there wasn't Netflix and shit back then like all we cared about was hockey and um you know there wasn't really social media like I remember just paying all my attention to hockey that's all I was into and 
obviously when he broke into the league, that would have been 2010, 2011. So I would have been maybe 11th grade then, but he would have been like, you know, on the, on the, you know, conversation for world junior teams. And, you know, he was seventh overall pick and well-known player. And the fact that he's already been in the league, this is his 12th NHL season. He's played 800 games. So all these guys that I, I thought, you know, I watched break into the NHL when I was in high school and stuff. And, you know, I'm not that old, but they're already getting up to like 12, 12 years in the league, 800 games played. When I see certain players get 1,000 games played now, I'm just like, holy fuck. Like, the, it's a changing of the guard. It really is. I mean, they always say that younger players are more prevalent now in the league, but holy fuck, when you actually sit back and just look at these rosters and just see how much has changed and now who is considered an old guy in the NHL, it's baffling. And I mean, I don't, pay enough attention to other sports as well but I'm finding the same thing with baseball you know a lot of these star names are you know we've been accustomed to seeing them around and now they're not young studs anymore they're like tenured vets and it's just it's really weird and I mean the same goes for any sport you follow it's just it's kind of cool you know once you follow them for a certain amount of time you know you see things progress but fucking Jeff Skinner nine million dollar man good for you dude good for you I wonder when that's till I'm not going to look it up because I don't care to press pause and go on ahead and find out that information. I'm sure he's got a decently long term with that deal. But wow, $9 million. It's foolish. Um, if we're talking about the NBA, number 53, we're talking about Artis Gilmore. There really wasn't much of a question of who was going to be the best player to wear the number 53. It's Artis Gilmore, who should be in the Hall of Fame. He was one of the strongest centers in NBA history. He started his career in the ABA and then the NBA. Combined, he averaged 18.8 points, 12.3 rebounds, 2.3 assists, 2.4 blocks on a 58.2% shooting rating, and he was 69.8% from the free throw line. He was an ABA Rookie of the Year and an ABA MVP, and he has an ABA. Jesus, I just have a seizure. And he has an ABA MVP award, an ABA Playoff MVP award, and he was a member of the ABA, a member of an ABA championship. Just the ABA. That's a mouthful just to say. No wonder that thing folded. I'd heard talk about the ABA because basketball probably one of the most popular major sports right now, but it's not as old as the other three. Maybe not uh, including NFL. But the I always hear people talking about the ABA, like it was like kind of like the WHA is what I always thought of it as. I never really looked much into it. But uh, you know what? For the sake of this podcast and the investigation that we do and the journalistic integrity that this show has. I am going to bring up this little blurb quickly. This is what this is the dream. You know, as I'm typing this in, one day, folks, I can't reiterate enough. I'm going to have like a little guy, a little producer there sitting next to me. We're going to have a nice screen up. And when I talk about things online, maybe I need to go click on something on Google. You're going to have that ability for seamless flow of conversation through me and my soon-to-be producer that will be hired applications um, being accepted within me and my team will review them and uh, the best uh, the best candidate will be selected so uh, that's uh, something for anyone out there listening to think of that interests you apply within but imagine I could do that have that capability here I am googling shit mid podcast like a fucking asshole I'm done with it okay the American Basketball Association the ABA was a major men's professional basketball league from 1967 to 1976. The ABA ceased to exist with the American Basketball Association and the National Basketball Association merger in 1976. 
leading to four ABA teams joining the National Basketball Association and to the introduction of the three-point shot. The three-point shot in the NBA in 1979. I find that shocking. Not that I'm a huge basketball guy, but there was no three-pointer before 79. 79, you know, that is quite a while ago, but not that long ago, you know? It just really makes you wonder, you know? The ABA was conceived at a time stretching for, from 1960 through the mid-1970s when numerous upstart leagues were challenging with varying degrees of success. The established major professional sports leagues in the United States, basketball was seen as particularly vulnerable to a challenge. Its major league, the National Basketball Association, was the youngest of the big four major leagues, having only played 21 seasons to that point, and was still fending off contemporary challenging leagues. And according to one of the owners of the Indiana Pacers, the goal was to force a merger with the more established league, being the NBA. Potential investors were told that they could get an ABA team for half of what it cost to get an NBA expansion team at the time. When the merger occurred, ABA officials said their investment would more than double. The ABA distinguished itself from its older counterpart with a more wide-open, flashy style of offensive play, as well as a difference in rules, a 30-point shot clock, as opposed to the NBA's 24-second shot clock. Although the NBA ABA did switch to a 24-shot clock for the 1976 season, and there had a use of a three-point field goal arc, pioneered earlier by the ABA. So basically, they created the three-point line. Also, the ABA used a colorful red, white, and blue ball instead of the NBA's traditional orange ball. The ABA also had several regional franchises, such as the Virginia Squires and the Carolina Cougars that played home games in several cities. It's kind of cool. I didn't know what that... Uh, I didn't know it wasn't... They talk about the ABA a lot, I find, in basketball, but it was only around from like 67 to 76. Not that long. Um, I believe... Um, I know the Indiana Pacers were part of that four-team merger that ended up being part of it, but it's kind of cool, you know, a little bit of history, not what I wanted to talk about at all. So we're gonna we're gonna move on, okay? Number fifty-three when it comes to the MLB is none other than Donnie Drysdale. Don Drysdale's Hall of Fame career was relative was relatively quick but effective. He debuted with the Brooklyn Dodgers as a nineteen-year-old in nineteen fifty-six. That was the year my dad was born along with Sandy Koufax. He gave the Dodgers rotation one of the greatest one-two combinations the game has ever seen. Other than his first and last seasons, Drysdale never won fewer than 12 games in a season. The right-hander was an NL Cy Young Award winner in 1962 when he went an astounding 25-9. He was a durable pitcher during his years as well, starting 40 or more games in four straight seasons. The eight-time All-Star was elected to the Hall of Fame in 1984, and his number 53 jersey was retired by the Dodgers that same year. That's a that's a that's a legendary baseball name. Don Drysdale and Sandy Koufax are two people. Koufax, sorry, are people I hear they, I hear tell them all the time, but it, I couldn't tell you what the fuck they look at, like look like. Sorry, for the life of me, I, I have no clue what either of these guys look like. They could like I just I don't know what it's just something, but that is a long time ago. You know, his rookie year was 56, but. I mean, it's just funny to me. You know, these guys are legends, and I just, for some reason, just couldn't put a picture of the name. But maybe that's my, that's probably my own fault. <laughs> Sorry about that. Um, number 53 for the NFL, last one, folks. Sorry, we'll keep moving on after this, is Harry Carson. He was a linebacker for the New York Giants from 1976 to 1988. Despite playing second fiddle to Lawrence Taylor on the Giants, Harry Carson earned nine selections for the Pro Bowl and a spot in the Hall of Fame in 2006. He played through at least 15 concussions during his career. 
Jesus, and led the Giants to a Super Bowl title after the 1986 season. 15 concussions. What do you mean at least? What's at least mean? Well, in that age, that day and age, like they had no idea what a concussion was. Could you imagine playing in the NFL back then? Like you'd have a headache and they'd literally you'd probably be like, pussy. You're not going to play through a headache? Guy's been like, I've had, I've had a headache for 10 years. I've played in this league for eight. I've had a headache for 10 of them. Wild. It's crazy though. Like I honestly doubt that a sport like football like might not even be played very much longer. Like the way the world's going, all this stuff we're finding about about brains and stuff. And I mean, I was looking up Harry Carson, like what he's up to now. I know he leads like a bunch of uh, these like uh, what do you call them? Conventions, not conventions, but like he's he's all about educating like young parents before they put their kids into football about like you know the potential effects on health and yada yada yada, so on and so forth. But like, I mean. It's just kind of I, I just the way the world's going. I don't know. It'll be interesting. I want to I want to see a study on the enrollment of youth football um, historically and where it's at, if it's rising or if it's go, or going down. Because I'm sure even all contact sports are going down, and um, it's just I, I wonder what the future will hold. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying, folks? So fucking good to be back on the airwaves with you. Um, I hadn't had an episode in uh, what I thought was going to be two weeks. Turned out to be longer than that. And uh, so it's been, I think, December 12th was the last episode I had out. And that's on uh, me as a broadcaster, obviously. But uh, it was a crazy time of year. And I'm sure um, everyone kind of gets out of whack that time of year anyways. I know a lot of big shows, uh, they end up taking a couple weeks off anyways. And this show being one of the biggest that you'll probably not only listen to, but ever listen to. So um, we, we're, we're no different, right? The holidays are a crazy time. Um, I was lucky to get home for a little bit, uh, back up to Canada. I went to Ontario to the Stratford area, see my girlfriend and her family. It was really, really nice. Um, but it was kind of a shit show getting to Canada. I won't fucking lie to you. Um, Canada is um, obviously taking the pandemic very seriously throughout the whole duration of this uh, COVID-19 nonsense. But um, it uh, hasn't... Uh, you know, put, you know, taking a log off the fire, so to speak. I mean, you no know, new restrictions rolling out every day. Not here to talk about that. But what I did need to go home for Christmas, which I only got like, I had a game the night of the 23rd, and then I had a flight at 6 a.m. out of uh, Fayetteville, North Carolina, with a connection in Atlanta, and I was landing in Detroit at the the Metro Airport up there. And um, I flew back on the night of the uh, 28th. Sorry, I mean, it was only like, I think it was four nights. Yeah, four nights. So, you know, it wasn't a long time home. And of course, Canada makes you need to get a PCR test within 72 hours of arrival. And I, I'm i not sure what the restrictions were, but because of where I am, you know, Stratford, Ontario is like very southern, kind of by London there, like only two hours-ish, two-ish hours from Detroit area. So, I mean... I forget what the restrictions were, but my girlfriend had found out that it would be easier for me to fly to Detroit and then cross the border. And then um, once I booked my flight, you know, I was thinking about getting a ride and I was like, well, I'm not going to make my girlfriend like cross the border and then like what she going to have to get tested to cross back. Like it just seemed like a bunch of nonsense. So I just rented a car in Detroit and I crossed the border that way. And, um, so I went to CVS, I think it was December 22nd, I went to a CVS, which is just like, for those of you who don't know, 
Um, if anyone in Canada even listens to this show anymore, uh, it's basically like, it's basically like shoppers. CVS is exactly like shoppers, same aesthetic, like the same kind of colors. Like when you're in a CVS, I feel like I'm in a shoppers back in Canada. So same kind of deal. They have pharmacies and they were offering free PCR tests and the results were supposed to come in within one to two days. So I went on the, on the 22nd, my flight wasn't until the 24th. I'm like, boom, I'm fucking Gucci mang. I'm getting this shit done. Um, people love to give me a lot of hassle around the holidays or just traveling in general because like I missed like, I think I've missed like two or three flights in my life. And one of them was at a, was during a wedding weekend when I was supposed to like, I was flying from Ontario and I was supposed to meet with my sister and a bunch of family. And we were all going to sit together on the plane from Toronto down to the Maritimes. We were all going to be the merriest go fuck around bunch in the plane. But I unfortunately missed my original flight and I couldn't get on the connecting flight with my family. So now anytime, you know what, there's a couple different instances where I was by myself. I usually travel alone, so it's never a big deal. Like if I miss a plane, I don't give a shit. They're really good about it. Half the time it doesn't cost you a cent. You just get on the next plane available and you know, you're flying out of a big airport. There's fucking a flight every two hours basically. So I'm the least stressed person in an airport ever, but I've also traveled alone 98% 98% of my time when it comes to airports. So I've been very spoiled that way. But everyone in my family is like all over my shit. Like being like, if you fuck this up, if you somehow fuck this trip up homeboy, you're going to get it. You're going to get the lead. I'm going to crawl back up in there in the shit. I'm going to reach up there on the top rack. I'm going to grab the lead that I used to beat in the motherfucking piss at you. That never happened once. I don't know why I started saying that. Just kind of felt fun. But so I, you know, I'm getting the wrath from the family. So I'm, I'm making sure that I go in there. And I, I thought that to- December 22nd, I'm getting a PCR test. Who gives a flying fuck? It's going to get, you know, I'm going to have my results. It's going to be fine. So played my game on the 23rd. I'm, go- I'm on my way home checking my results. It's like it's like midnight, uh, whatever would have been on the 23rd. And I'm looking, still no results. So I just don't really think much about it. I'm like, oh, well, they'll come in. I still got to travel all the next day at the airport and all that. So the next day I make my flight, um, got to the airport on time. And uh, not before getting to the airport, though, did I remember that I forgot my passport and I had to send my roommate all the way back home and then to the airport to deliver me my passport. Um, Other than that minor hiccup at the start, everything was good in my eyes. So I'm fine. I'm buzzing. I'm feeling great. So get to Detroit, no problem. Had a quick connection in Atlanta, and and there was no real issues. And then I'm in Detroit, get my rental car. Never had a rental car before, so it was my first rental car experience. Feeling pretty cool, you know, just nice to drive a nice, you know, different car, and you know, kind of a cool experience. So grab the car, and I, you know, I make my way for the border, and I flew into Detroit. But where I was heading, I thought I was going to drive up to Port Huron, cross the Blue Water Bridge up there in Sarnia. And then make my way over that way. About the same difference of time, but a little quieter. And a little less boring than taking the 401. Or is it the 400 or the 401 to Windsor? Talk about a fucking snore fest over there. Anyways, I wanted to go up that way. So I go up there. And I'm like, oh, I should probably check my PCR results. Just, you know, I'm in my head thinking like, oh, why don't I get everything ready? So I check them. And uh, there's just no results yet. And then in my head, like, I'm usually pretty cool and calm. I'm like, what am I going to do? Like, I don't understand, like, why they haven't come in yet. So I'm like, well, I still got an hour and a half to the border. Um, let's just go for it and see what happens. So then I get there. I'm still, I've checked a couple more times on the way. Nothing, nada, no results. 
And in my head, I'm thinking like, you know, the Canadian border is really chill. Like COVID has completely put all of this backwards. Like I used to have a, I used to have a fear of like the American border, crossing the American border because they're like way more strict. They're way more likely to search you. They're way more likely to give you a hard time about like why you're traveling if you don't have a visa and shit. So like they're, they're way more in your grill. Like back in the day, like you cross the border from Canada. Like I remember like I felt like I'd cross and I'd barely like I wouldn't even roll down my window. I just put my passport up on the window and just put the car in neutral and just let it fly by. And the guy would have to I'd be asleep and he'd just wave me in. Like that's literally how it felt. But now it's like the opposite. Now it's like, I don't care. I'm like, it's an absolute joke going into the, uh, it's an absolute joke going into the, uh, the States and Canada is an absolute, sorry. Like I have my window open and I'm fucking trying to do this podcast. And I feel like someone's down there in the parking lot looking up at me, talking into a microphone, probably thinking I'm the biggest asshole they've ever met. But, um, so now my fear is going into the Canada. Canada is just absolute banana land. It doesn't even, like, it's just craziness, like, how strict they are when you're going in there. So in my head, I roll up. I get to the back of the line. It's really quiet. One bonus, too, about this pandemic is the absolute uh, breeze it is in terms of traffic at the borders, at the airports. That's the only nice thing. Other than that, all the bullshit. It doesn't even really matter, though, because there's no traffic, but all the bullshit they usually make you do makes you take about the same amount of time anyways. So I'm in the line for the thing, still no test results. And I'm thinking like, okay, well I'm horned. Like I'm, I got it. I, what am I going to do? And then I'm, I usually like, I'm always pretty confident that I can talk my way out of anything. And I'm like, okay, well I'm just going to show them my test results that they're pending. I'm going to act like I thought that was my test results and say, I'm really confused. And then I'll just act like I'm in a hurry to get home. And maybe they'll just let me in. Like I don't have COVID I'm double vaxxed. I've had it. And that's, that's, this is my thought process, okay? And at the end of the day, like, the COVID's inside Canada. I'm not bringing it across, okay? I'm going, I'm, I'm not, I'm not doing that. Like, I'm sure someone might be rolling their eyes at that, but that, like, sorry, this is my stupid, ignorant thought space when I'm trying to cross the border in a panic. So I finally get up there. Again, one last ditch chance. I look, no test results. I'm pissed. So I roll up to the thing, nice smile, have my mask. Well, when he, I had my mask on, I pull it down when he wants to see my face, give him a nice smile, nice, how the fuck are you doing kind of thing. You know, I'm giving him good vibes and I'm showing him and I'm trying to act truthful about how I'm pretending to play dumb that I don't, I think these are my test results. Sure enough, he, he's like, well, I'll go up here and pull ahead and we'll have a couple, couple people come out and talk to you and help you through this. Make sure you're doing the right thing. Sure enough, he sends a couple like people out and yellow rain looking coat things maybe half hazmat suits i don't know what was going on they come over to me and they look at what i'm doing and they basically see straight out that i don't have test results and they're like well you can't can't come in without test results and i'm like fuck and they're like but you can go back in just across there in port huron we have a little there's a little spot there that'll do rapid pcr tests for a hundred dollars and i'm like what's my other option she's like or you can proceed into canada potentially face a quarantine or the risk of a $5,000 fine. That's what they said, the potential of a quarantine and the risk of a $5,000 fine. I'm like, what? I should have asked more about that option. I should have just fucking booked it and been like, I'm going in. But the $5,000 in the back of my head deterred me. And also just who knows, right? I didn't, I didn't need any problems. Okay. That's where my head was. So I drive back into Port Huron, find this place, I get a rapid test for $100 on the visa, just burning an absolute hole on the thing. The thing is bleeding. You know what it's like at Christmas time? The credit card hurts. So this thing's bleeding. 
And I go in there. It takes like only 25 minutes, thank God. But at the end of the day, it was like by the time I had to go there and back, there and back, it's like a three-hour, four-hour operation I fucked up. So in my, I'm pissed. I feel like I'm missing half a day of my proposed vacation. So I'm, I'm just pissed off at this point. But I finally got there. I got through the next time in, in a breeze. And, you know, it was really nice to be back into Canada. All bullshit aside. But um, yeah, never long enough, though, when you go home. But it was really good to see my girlfriend. My girlfriend, got, like I said, bought a dog in October there. I'd never met it. So I got to see my dog, Yogi. What an absolute nail gun he is. So, yeah, it's nice to have a dog and. I mean, this summer, I'm looking forward to just absolutely turning that thing into a nail gun, to a ravage instinctual beast, if you will. Do you know what I mean? But uh, it was a great trip home, and I hope everyone else had a really good Christmas time. And I thought about doing episodes here and there, and I got back last week, but it's just been kind of a shit show, and I'm looking to get back on a you know, regular scheduled programming here because I, I know how important this show is to the likes of all of you. <clears throat> so yeah, good trip home. Seamless travels in returning to Fayetteville, thankfully. But airports are always an amazing reminder of just how fucking stupid sometimes people can be. It's a beautiful opportunity to people watch, but don't tell me you go to the airport and there's not there's not a point in time where you're at some point shaking your head at the behaviors of others. Not to go into, I'm not going to go on a big... This isn't an airport episode, but one thing that'll never ever cease to amaze me is just like the second a plane will land you know what I mean like we just landed and you get that that seatbelt buttons obviously turned off like they turn it off we're not in the air anymore so they turn it off and you just hear it go that beep it's almost like a nightmare you know before the buckles start flying and people start moving <clears throat> it's like every time I've ever been on a plane that lands that seatbelt sign goes off the buckles are flying People are just darting out of their chairs. They're standing up all at once. Like the people in the furthest backs and they're just crowding the aisles. Like you, you could be sitting next to some like old lady. An old lady might be in the aisle across, but you already got some 25-year-old woman elbows flying trying to get her duffel bag out of the top bunk. It never ceases to amaze me. It makes me fucking scream. Or like there's the people that are like trying to scooch up a row or two, trying to get out of the plane a little earlier because they're trying to make the connection, their connecting flight that they've already missed. It's just, it's just, it'll never cease to amaze me. Just, you can just be at an airport and like just the stupidest thing, like a line, like, like there's always the line that turns and someone will like create another line off it because they don't want to turn with it. And it's, it's a very it's, a, it's an important moment when you're in the line and you're on a corner and you see someone like take a weird angle. It's like almost like you can agree to be like, are you in line, sir? And then you can like help them correct the line. Because if you don't, like then there's going to be this weird branching of line. Then you create a yield situation in the airport where people don't want to be nice to one another. And then they already have to feed into this zipper style like yield line when, when you know, tensions are already high due to traveling it just makes me laugh. There's, I'm maybe I want to do a whole ep, air, I could do an airport episode. I could have an airport podcast. Yeah, and I'm sure everyone would listen to that one too. <laughs> social media. There's just so many things on social media that are just so fucking dumb that people do. And like, it's not bitching about 
people's actions on social media. I'm not saying that they should or shouldn't do this, but like sometimes what they're like, what they are doing is just stupid. Like when I think this is stupid to begin with, but when someone like say, say you get called up, maybe you're playing hockey and you're playing in a certain league. Say you're playing in the Southern league and you get called up to the East coast league. And then, you know, that's shared on Instagram and I mean, I'm sure a lot of places want like the, the company, the teams, they probably want you to do this, you know, get a little free marketing. But when you're like sharing the post that you got called up, that's fucking, that's a huge no, no in my eyes. And that's not just going for a call up. That's, that's like an, that's just an example. Like if you're doing anything, like, you know, when someone like does something and everyone, people congratulate them on social media and then multiple people like will reshare the story, like. Or like say that your buddy posts something cool that you did being like congrats and then you share his story of him saying congrats. Like that's weird to me. I don't I don't understand why we need to do that. But what's weirder is when that not only happens once, but when people will go and then they'll share every maybe there'll be multiple people that'll say congrats. Maybe this guy's really cool and he has a bunch of friends. A bunch of friends who really care about what the fuck he's up to and are actually interested. And they and he and they all share something like maybe there's like ten people that share the same basic post with the same picture, or if it's in hockey terms, maybe it's like the same clip of a highlight real goal you had, and then nine like nine different people put the same clip or the same picture up, and then your story is just thirty six different pictures of the exact same thing. And then me, the asshole looking at it, has to scroll through it and go tap, 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 tap to get through. I don't know when that became a thing. It's like the same thing as when it's your birthday and then everyone puts it on their story that, hey, happy birthday to so-and-so. And then you share every single birthday mention you got on your story. Just odd behavior to me. And this, again, the the quick birthday shutout, it just goes back to reiterate that after you turn 18... We'll give, I'll say 21 because that's like the legal drinking age kind of thing. If you're celebrating a birthday after 21, that's not 30 or 50 or 80 or a hundred, shut up, please. Like I could, nobody, like nobody could give less of a fuck. You don't get a medal for surviving another year. I will keep saying this over and over again. I'm sorry. I'm not going off on that tangent right now. I won't do it. But I just think it's so stupid, like especially when it's like a video or something, like you know what I mean. And they, and a couple of people have shared it, and then you just gotta reshare it sixteen fucking times. It's the same clip, just over and over and over and over and over again. It just really, it really doesn't make sense to me. And you know what? Because I'm on this topic of social media, here's another one that fucking pisses me off too. And I think that we can all agree on this because I've had this conversation with multiple people before. And I've never heard someone say that this makes sense, but I seem to see it happen an awful fucking goddamn lot, okay? And um, maybe, like, I know I have some of my aunts and uncles who listen to this, and they're probably shaking their heads at me being like, what is this clown talking about? This is a real thing, and I wish that you could pay, you know, if you pay a little attention to this now, maybe me bringing this up will help you realize the pandemic, the epidemic that also is going on online. Um, This is when a couple... Like, a, like maybe a, a couple that's dating, maybe they're married themselves. Who knows? It doesn't matter. Like boy, girl, guy, girl, no girl, one's wearing no shirt. Who cares? Do you know what I'm saying? We got, uh, you go to a wedding and you post a picture of yourselves, like a nice couple photo. You know, you're looking good. You're looking dressed up. It's a nice occasion. You're in a nice setting, beautiful area around you, plethora of 
I guess, settings that would make a nice photograph. And you're dressed good, you're looking your best, obviously a great opportunity to snap a couple photos, and you're going to do so because it's an occasion to dress up so fucking goddamn nice, am I right? But when a couple goes and they take a picture and they post it on social media, and then they congratulate that married couple, and they'll be like, just a picture of them, and the caption will be something like, Congratulations to the newlywed so-and-so and so-and-so. Had the best weekend at the most magical place with friends. And I'll never forget it as long as I fucking live. And But then it's just the picture of them. It's nothing else. Is, that's, that's all it says. And the caption is the only context we have to what the photo is. So 90% of the time you look at it and as an outsider... Like, no one follows the bride and groom. No one's ever even heard of them. So it's, like, weird that you're, like, going and saying congratulations with a picture of yourself about an event that no one knew you were at to begin with and for people that no one else even knows as well. Is that not weird to me? You know what I'm saying? Or, like, maybe I, I occasionally, like, maybe it's, like, a, a there's four people in the picture. Maybe it's the couple and maybe it's the couple who just got married. But that's very, very unlikely. You just don't, you don't see that very often. So if you do that, stop this nonsense right now. Or at least like put a picture of the couple first and then maybe throw one in of yourselves. But the amount of people that are just going straight to their own couple photo to celebrate another marriage photo, another marriage, it's just, it's sickening. If you really want me to go that far, I will. And this last one, we'll make it a trifecta of social media pet peeves. We'll, we'll reiterate right here. And this is one who like, they post pictures of relatives who clearly do not have Facebook or are clearly dead. And what I mean by that is like so many people will be like, happy birthday, no, no, 85 years and you make it look so young. And then it'll be like a picture of them and their grandmother and no one else is tagged. I'm like, well, obviously Nona doesn't have Facebook because she was born before colored TV. So she doesn't have Facebook, but like, who are you? Why don't you just call her up and say happy birthday? Why don't you send the photo to her? Why don't you frame it and give it to her? Why are you putting it on Facebook? It's just weird. And people are like, you can post whatever you want on Facebook. Yeah, you can. But if you post whatever you want, people can say whatever the fuck they want about it either. And that's part of the trade-off. It's part of how it works. Or like when someone will post something and it'll be like, can't believe it's two years. Like, can't believe it's been 10 years since you've you know, gone or something like that. And then there's no context. And it's like a picture of like, maybe like, not, like something that's like, has like a sentimental inside meaning that without context, no one else would even know what they're looking at. And it's like, I, I understand like the memories and, and like, we all go through that. You will have fond memories of ones that have, you know, left our lives and moved on. But like to post it to social media with no context and no like backstory, it's like you're posting it for yourself, obviously, and that's what you want to post. It makes you feel good. But when, like, no one else has a clue what's going on, it just, is it not a weird dynamic? Do you know what I'm saying? Do you know where I'm coming from? All right. Okay, folks, episode number 53. Again, we obviously tackle, we tackle really big things on this show. Um, I have, obviously, a good access to some good people I could talk to for potential interviews, like, my one roommate was playing over in France. He was playing in uh, the second league, which they call Div 1. And uh, if you do remember an episode I have a while back, I had two of my former teammates from university on. They were playing in the Magnus League. They came on and told us about their experience over there. But now I have my roommate who is playing with me now in Fayetteville who was playing over there in the, in the, in the second league, the Ligue 1, Ligue 1, I think they call it. 
and he just was having a, a hilarious experience, a terrible time, and he ended up making his way back to play in North America again, and that's where we cross paths as teammates now. But I think that cool opportunity um, to have him come on maybe and talk about that. That was a league I was really interested in going to this year too and <clears throat> was really banking on making that happen. And um, I'm just intrigued as a, a person and player myself to hear about what that was like. So I've kind of like not asked him much about it because I've been hoping still to get him onto the show. And I was going to uh, do that this week. Maybe I'll do that next week because I was hoping to do that now, but I've been already procrastinating this episode. I needed to get something out and um, that's what I did here today. So I hope this was a, a not bad way to start off 2022. It's going to be weird to say that. Always have a hard time remembering that at the start of the year, you know, always re- repeating the year before. But 2022, that feels crazy. That sounds cool too. I like that. 2022 sounds nails. So let's make it a fucking good one, folks. Thank you so much for listening. Um, if you feel crazy, don't feel, um, you know, feel free to share this with a friend. Tell them about the show. I don't do um, much advertising. I don't do any. I have an Instagram account if you want to follow it. Facebook page as well. Um, you can follow me on Instagram. Um, I'd love to make a Snapchat and all that stuff for this and a TikTok and all that shit. Probably not a TikTok. Very unnecessary. Uh, but I don't, I don't promote it much. So if you could give me a hand and um, you know, I'm not asking you to share it and stuff like that. You don't have to do that. But if you just, you know, tell if you like the show, maybe tell a friend about it and uh, recommend it to them and Maybe we'll slowly keep this thing growing, but I cannot reiterate, reiterate enough how I'm not letting this show go anywhere. And I know there's weeks where uh, I mean, maybe I might miss a week here and there, and I haven't been that committed to it in in terms of you know making sure it's a weekly show and this and that. But I I'm not letting this show die, and I really want to um, you know after the hockey season I'm gonna ramp it up even more so. And I you know the the goal is still one day you know get a little studio get things going and I feel like I'm always going on some rant how I'm saying how the show is going to keep getting better and better every episode but it is folks and it's coming but thank you so much for listening once again um, it's just fun even if I'm talking to four of you which might even be a stretch at this point I appreciate it and thank you for joining me on this journey that we have deemed the project talk to you very soon thank you very much this is Hopsy Baby Boy signing out on episode number fifty three.